Boom, we're live. Ready to go? Yeah. I'm always ready to go. Are you excited, Mr. Mahoney? I'm always excited. Hey, yes. hey, this is a family <laughs> show. <laughs> Greg, welcome hey. to the party. Very excited to be here. Where are you excited from? Where are you calling in from? Arlington, Virginia. Mm, God's country. <laughs> right near the swamp. <laughs> Close to the swamp. Mike loves the swamp. <laughs> you want to drain that swamp, don't you, Mr. Mahoney? I think a little draining would be in order, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, we don't like so, to talk politics, but it is kind of interesting to think about. I don't I try not to think about it. I know. I know you do. Don't do don't. <laughs> well, this is going to be a good one. I'm uh, really excited to have you on uh, today, Greg. Um, we'll wait a couple minutes for people to 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 come through and then um, we'll get get the ball rolling. Weather's getting warmer here in, in uh, the D.C. metro area. I know it's always warm down where you are, Mr. Mahoney, right, in southern Florida. I think we're going to hit 84 today. I might mm. hit the beach dual surfing after this is over. Are you going to wear sunscreen or no? <laughs> SPF 100. <laughs> I need a filter on this thing to give me a tan, but I, I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. I so. need a pretty tan to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Compared to Casper, the ghost. Uh, <laughs> the friendly ghost. The friendly do ghost. See, do I see other people's faces when they pop up? Or nope. Just, you just, the, just the two of us. You just have to look at us. Yeah. Don't be disappointed. But people will, people will chime in and, and ask questions. That's a lot of Josh. And they can see your face. <laughs> All right. So guys, let's let's uh, start the show because we've got uh, another good one and, and an exciting topic. So, welcome everybody to the Distributors Helping Distributors Show, and today we're going to talk about uh, overcoming adversity. And I think we're going to get some maybe some sales tips and ideas and uh, and some small business help uh, thrown in for good measure. So, you know, it, it, the question is, uh, has life ever thrown you a curveball that seriously rocked you or you know, your personal or your professional life? If you're, whether you're in the, new to the swag business or a seasoned veteran, I think we all encounter surprises and challenges in our lives and in our businesses that you know, affect us. And of course, for the past two years, uh, this, you know, the COVID situation has been one example. Uh, but there, you know, there's many other ways that we can get knocked down. I was going to mention the uh, the hooray for the the uh, the mask uh, lifting on the the airplane airplanes if you've flown in the past few days no more masks uh but how do you forge ahead get back on your feet and today on the dhd or distributors helping distributor show josh fry my partner and i are hosting greg clow who's an entrepreneur investor and he is a principal at the chain bridge financial group uh in northern virginia Greg knows his way around running his own company, and like the rest of us, he is in the business-to-business -business sales relationship building, which you might not know is Greg's own story and entrepreneurial journey, and how he had to overcome curveballs and personal health obstacles thrown at him uh, to get back up, forge ahead, and really do a great job in terms of crushing it in, in business and sales and, and life. So today, Greg's going to share some of the things in his story and some of the things that, uh, that he has learned as he dealt with, I know Greg told us before the show, he had a life coach working 
with him. And, and uh, he said that was a big help. And Greg's going to share some of the things that resonated with him and helped him to overcome some, some serious uh, health obstacles. So, Greg, welcome and look forward to, uh, to having you on today. Thanks. Very exciting. To Very so, exciting to be here. Awesome. So, Josh, you, you knew uh, Greg personally. Uh, and, Bronwyn, what, what was uh, your thought process today and, and why you want to, to talk about this topic? Well, yeah, I've, Greg and I actually have known each other since we were six and seven years old on the local swimming team. And then we played Little League Baseball. That's not why I'm having him on the show today. But I thought that it was an added bonus. Josh, you're not going to mention that you still hold the, the Chester Brook uh, pool record for like, what was it, the seven-year-old breaststroke or something? Is, that, is the record still, does it still stand? It does still stand. Yeah. Thank you. But this show oh, is gosh. not, this is, this, this, this please. It's not, about, please. it's not about you. It's not about you. It was okay. like 20, 25 seconds. <laughs> that record was announced. Yeah. <laughs> I told him when to plant it. You did a great job, Mike. No, you know, listen, it's great to have Greg on the show. You know, one of the things that the reason we started this show was about really helping distributors in our industry, stay positive, redirect some of their energy when the COVID hit. Just, you know, a lot of us were kind of deer in headlights. What are we going to do? Business was shutting down. And it's not just about this idea of pivoting. It's also this idea of mental fortitude and toughness, especially when we're throwing curveballs. And we've had a couple, you know, this is our 50 plus show we've done. We've had several shows on mental toughness and kind of getting the right mindset. Um, I feel like our, our things just kind of continue to first they pop up, then they you know, pop down again and up, you know, right now uh, in our own industry, we're, we're dealing with some challenges, not just with supply chain issues, labor shortages, tariffs, um, war. And, um, you know, I just think uh, some of us are, are still trying to get back out on that, get back on that horse. And so I thought it would be great to have Greg on today and uh, and kind of hear his story, which is an amazing one, an inspiring one, stuff I've learned from you as a friend and colleague. And uh, so I'm excited to, to have you on today. Should we start off with the poll, Mr. Mahoney? Sure. I was, we've got one, one poll question to, today. is How do you get back on the horse after being stuck in a rut? I think it's more like if, you, if you've been thrown off the horse, how do you get back on? But yeah, you get the idea, right? So, uh, I don't write these. I just, I'm just the reader. You're just, you're just the, 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 the critical I'm just writer. A pretty, I'm just a pretty, <laughs> I'm just a pretty face. <laughs> so should we uh, the, change your, change my work routine or work environment, uh, connect with others in my industry to see what they are doing. Yes. Ask for help from my family and friends. All the above, none of the above. Ah, I was trying to vote. It says I can't vote. Host can't vote. No, but you can comment. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll give it a second right. here. So we, so let's end the well. We'll end the poll and then uh, see what we have. And Greg, uh, Greg can comment uh, on this here. So Greg, looks like well, it looks like about sixty percent said all of the above, but. Uh, uh, we had 22% say connect with others in the industry and see what they're doing and learn from it. And, uh, 16% said change my work routine or work environment. So does that resonate with, with you, Greg? Yeah. I, I really like how that first one is, um, is stated about changing your work routine, but it's all the above it's, 
it's getting back to the process, looking at your process and tweaking it to make sure that you're doing your activity goals. You know, a lot of people look at yeah. their end, end results. You know, it's great to have goals, but if you don't have a process to get there, you know, it's not going to happen. So it's all about the process and activity drivers. Well, so Greg, tell us uh, about your, your background and uh, just give us a sense of, you know, uh, where you've, where you've come from and what, you know, what kind of work that you're doing now with uh, the, the chain bridge uh, financial group. Yeah. Well, I started out in uh, 95 as a uh, life insurance agent. I joined Northwestern mutual. I did that for eight years and then I spun out into an independent financial advisor and started my own practice. So I was after about three years of being trained, you know, that management level, uh, is needed less and less. So after about eight years, you know, working with Northwestern Mutual kind of rolled out of there. And I actually joined uh, one of the top financial advisors in the area of Northern Virginia to learn the process of an independent financial advisor. So I did that for about a year and a half. I was their insurance specialist, but I was learning the processes of being an independent uh, financial advisor. And then so, I rolled, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. So I just want to clarify because I think it's relevant to people in the call. So you were trained by a Fortune 500 company on best sales practices. And then you went through another round of training with a mentor who kind of showed you the ropes on how to run your own business. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Sorry, go and ahead. I think that was a very smart move because I could learn exactly how the, the new process worked. So I, I did that about for that. Uh, about a year and a half. And then in January of 2008, I started my own independent financial planning practice. It's a small business uh, owner focus. So we, we, um, we provide the uh, group health servicing and the retirement plan set up and servicing as a carrot. But the main goal is to have the relationship with the small business owner and to do their personal planning and to leverage the business so we can do their personal planning around the business. So it's all about relationships as your business is. And um, we have a lot of activity drivers that keep the, uh, keep the, uh, the car moving there. When you say activity driver, what do you mean? You know, we have to see so many people a week. We have to have opportunity appointments. Um, you know, specifically, my goal is to have six uh, activity um, appointments a week and two separate with just uh, referral um, individuals. So I treat my uh, centers of influence as my clients. So you got to have good technology with a database. And you've probably already talked about this on other podcasts, but a good uh, client relationship manager, a good CRM uh, to gather your data and to keep track of these clients and prospects is paramount. So I use one that's tailored for financial advisors. It's called Redtail, but it's just a spinoff of Salesforce. So I don't know. I'm sure you have an industry specific CRM that, that you use. I don't, uh, there's not an, I'm not aware of an industry specific CRM, but there's, we're big fans of CRM. And I, uh, for me, I, I, 
it's indispensable for sales and managing work, working with, uh, with clients. We've got to keep track of all the information in, in a system like that. Yeah. And I caught so, on yeah. to that pretty early. I tried to customize my own Salesforce um, database and would, you can customize that uh, to put your own flavor on it. Uh, but then I just moved on to the red tail which is specific to financial advisors. And it's a great, it's a great system. But even to take that one step forward, you know, you see those activities, the follow-up with these clients, and you really do have to prioritize. So I actually have to put things on my calendar to make sure it gets done. So I remember seeing, reading uh, someone's book saying they put the six most important things to do every day. And so I try to go by that and put those on my specific, on my calendar for the day to make sure I get it done. So is this number one for today? <laughs> this is a, uh, this is six. This is six. Six. All right. We made the top six. Well, that's good. That's real good. Um, you know, I want to actually take a step back if you don't mind, because I think it's really interesting. You, you went through two rounds of, essentially formal training and mentoring and coaching before you even launched your business. Right. That's kind of what I heard. Right. And, and you're talking about all these different things like activity goals or drivers and process and, and centers of influence. And I love, I love hearing that. Can you maybe step back? And so when you started off with the fortune 500 company, were there any one to three things that maybe you learned on, on the sales training side of things that we could deploy that you've deployed in your own business that would translate to what we're doing? Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's all fact finding based base. So I really learned how to take a fact finder. Um, well, let me step back. So first it's the activity goals in the insurance industry, Northwestern mutual, someone studied agents for 30 years. And they figured out what activities takes to pr produce results, hmm. which is pretty, pretty wild. They, they uh, studied like 400 agents over 30 years. Amazing. Yeah. This, we definitely uh, don't have that in our industry. I don't think I got to check that out. That'd be an amazing research project. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. So it, was, it was 10 referrals. It was 10, three, one, 10 referrals would uh, you would get in contact with five of them. And then out of the five, so it was actually 10, five, three, one, but it's 10 referrals. And then you would, you would speak to five of them about financial needs. And then out of those three, I mean, out of those five, three of them, you would offer some kind of, you know, in this case, it would be insurance. Mm -hmm. And out of those three, one would, one would accept. <laughs> so they had a whole this was back when we were using notebooks where they had it all graphed out. So it was 10 referrals, five meaningful conversations, three, you offered three of the people and then one accepted. And that that's what they still use today as their process. Do you use that? Yeah. My referrals are a lot stronger now. So but it's really three out of one, you know, that 33% um, is what I use for my database when I, I have opportunities go ongoing 
Yeah, it's usually about a third come out every month. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and at this point in your career, right, you've been at it for how many years? Um, so that's 27 years. Okay. So a lot of us in our industry are industry veterans. Let's call us 10 plus year, you know, independent reps, sales okay. distributors, um, small business owners. And I think, you know, one of the things we talk about in our coaching program is the low hanging fruit. And the idea of the low hanging fruit are these existing relationships, whether they're existing client relationships, or as you've referred to them as centers of influence. influence. Yeah. And that's a huge competitive advantage, right? Like remember the day of starting out when you didn't have a, a, a database or, or a network, right? A lot more difficult. Yeah. And so to be able to, for us as veterans, to be able to leverage that network is huge. And so I'm just curious, how do you, um, how do you stay hungry? All right. I mean, it's got to be a lot easier than it used to be. Why, why keep focusing on the, the, the 10, five, three, one, or whatever the formula is now for you. What's, how do you, I'm just curious. Well, getting back to centers of influence, I treat them as clients. So I systematically follow up with them on a quarterly basis and we either talk or we meet for lunch. So I keep those relationships going and there's a couple of account in my industry, it's accountants and estate attorneys. So they refer business to us. We refer business to them. And especially accountants. If you get a referral from someone's accountant, you know, the trust level is <laughs> right here. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful thing. And uh, I have a couple of really good accounting relationships and uh, that builds the business. But I treat those accountants like clients. Uh, you know, I take them out. We get together. It's a lot of you know, you got to have the touches. Mm-hmm. You got to be in front of them and touch them and be there. So they're, so you're top of mind. And how did you, how were you handling that during COVID when a lot of people weren't meeting in person? You know, it, it was all about the zoom. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a little bit rougher, but I had really good years the last couple of years, just because I had the activity drivers, you know, I was, I was touching six opportunity meetings a week and two specifically for centers of influence. So eight, eight meetings a week is kind of my drivers. And this is, you know, totally relevant to, to our industry. And I I like to kind of bring some of these points back. Um, You know, like one of the things that Mike and I do with our, our small group coaching program is everybody goes through a planning process. You know, we put them through a one year sales and action plan and it, focuses on not just the end game of or end goal of the numbers, but those drivers, those KPIs, those key performance indicators. What are the activities you are going to do? The the touch systems as you're describing, taking care of your centers of influence and so on, to you know, build a process. And so this is totally relevant to to our industry. Can you tell us real quickly, so how does your how does your business uh work do you you make a sale and then you process it with the insurance company or do do you outsource tell us your infrastructure just a second just so we're clear yeah i have um i have one employee and she works out of our home so lower overhead for me and um she processes the business for me but Mm. 
Um, I have a broker dealer that holds the investment side of the business. So if someone wants to invest with me, they give me a, the check and I deposit it in the broker dealer. And then mm -hmm. we do the buys from there. Mm -hmm. so the broker dealer holds all the investments. Uh, and if they want to do insurance or a retirement plan or a health or group health care, then we work directly with different carriers. So there's a lot of different carriers. I get a lot of 1099s every year, about 15. Okay. And then with, and, but, and then with your business, you, you, you do, or you, you do or don't have sales reps that work with you or apprentices that have worked with you in the past. I, I did have a, a, a junior advisor in the past. Um, and, um, you know, it was tough trans transferring the relationship. Um, that just wasn't happening. The junior advisor just didn't have the confidence. It was very difficult. So we had to, we had to break that apart. Um, you know, so you win some, you lose some. It's very hard in the relationship business to transfer the relationship. I know you, you did it well. Yeah. I'm, we, I'm we, sure we, you had some struggles. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what's, what's important and I'm sure it's the same in your business, like it is in, in our industry, there are lots of different ways to skin the cat and you can have lots of different models in terms of how you want to build your business. And for you, you're leading with yourself and the relationships that you're building and cultivating. And that's an ongoing process. You can also build a sales force which is a different business model and more of a management model. And some people are more cut out for that than others, right? Yeah. Um, um, you can partner with companies or not. So in our industry, it's very much the same. You know, there are people that process their own business and do it soup to nuts. There are people that have sales forces. Some are independent, some partner in the back office. So it just was kind of curious. The, the mentor that you had that was teaching you and how to be, you know, a small business owner, um, are you, is that the process? Is that the same system that, that they ran that you now run? Yeah. I mean, we have our different flavors, but um, you know, we're scaling up and, and we've had this conversation before it's it, I'm getting better at saying no to things, you know, really focusing on my target market, you know, my small business owner with, with certain criterias and referring everything else out. You know, I have, I can partner with a couple different advisors and my broker dealer. So, you know, for things that don't meet my specific target market. So you're actually turning business away if it doesn't fit within your niche. Yeah. Wow. Mike, what do you think about that? <laughs> that's a good problem to have. That's a, yeah, that sounds great. Um, actually, uh, we, we do have a question here from uh, Mike Petricelli. He says, Greg, do you have a, do you have a ratio of B2B versus B2C? Does that make a difference in how you prospect and the networking connections you foster? So, yeah, are you doing B2B or B2C or both? Just straight business to business owner. You know, it's, it's straight oh, to. Okay. On the personal side. So would that be B2C? No, if you're selling, well, if you're, you're doing, you're, are you, is your client the business or the, uh, the individual, the, like a business owner? It's both. So it's pretty much okay. almost 50, 50. Cause I have a large a retirement plan business and a group health servicing business. Okay. Okay. But 
But what gets me excited is dealing on the personal side with the actual business owner. Right. That's really the goal. And we keep focus on that goal. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's interesting. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot in our program targeting your million dollar niche. And I think the, one of the biggest fears is, well, if I focus solely or mostly in this one vertical, I'm going to lose out on all the other business. And, um, that's why I think your comment is interesting. So what has been your results net net? Oh, it's been, it's been unbelievable. It's been so refreshing to be able to turn that away and keep them happy at the same time, put them in a good situation, but just really stay focused on your niche. And it really, it frees you up. It gives you energy. Mm -hmm. Does it give you results? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Good. Well, that's kind of part of the, we are in sales, right? Yeah. But <laughs> as uh, you talked about, it's, it's not really a straight line. It's, uh, you know, failure is part of the business, right? Being a small business owner. So I was just reading a book and I was going to recommend the book to you. It's um, or to your, to your audience. Um, he talked about failing forward, which I think is a great way to say it. And the book is a Scott Adams book. He created Dilbert and mm. it's not how to fail at almost everything and still win big. That, that is one of my all time favorite books. I actually bought copies for my daughters. Uh, to, I love that. So that is highly recommended reading for anybody. Yeah. So good. Um, and I've been doing a lot since we're on that topic. And one other book I wanted to recommend if, you haven't heard of it is Atomic Habit, James Clear. His whole James Clear, C-L-E-A-R, his data, his, uh, his website is incredible. He gives so much information out and he all, he talks about setting up your environment um, and having good habits. It's, it's a really good book. James really Clear, what's the Atomic Habits? Okay, that one's new. Yeah, and it's jamesclear.com, I believe. Okay. And he really, um, he exploded about five years ago onto the scene doing the corporate talks. And uh, it's just, it's just very clear and uh, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> James Clear. You think it's his real last name? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's uh, move the conversation then on, if you don't mind. Uh, so, so basically... Um, you went from, uh, again, you know, working for a Fortune 500 company, learning the tricks of the trade, uh, worked with a mentor, uh, learned the tricks of the trade for starting and running your own business. You've now been running your business for how long? Yeah, so that would be 20 years. 20 years you've been running your business. And um, how's, your business, how's, your business, um, how's your business been going? Good. Yeah, I mean, I started, well, that's not good math because 22 minus eight. So. You're the financial advisor. 24 <laughs> years, right? 24 years. So I started in 2008, which was a pretty challenging time to start. Oh, tell us. Yeah, January of 2008. Of course, the market just tanked at the end. And what was so, uh, I felt so good about, you know, I try to stay positive is that investments was less than a quarter of my business. 
because I had the insurance side of the business. And a lot of advisors don't pay attention. A lot of investment advisors, you know, they just do investments. And I think that's just too narrow of a gap, especially if you're doing financial planning for clients, you got to have the offense and the defense. So it was really great that I had to fall back on my insurance business when the market just really took a slide. So basically your business, you, you, you have a portfolio approach within the niche you're servicing. So at least you have some balance in case, you know, the economy, you know, does what it did in 2008. Right. It's based on financial planning. So it's based on doing a fact finder on someone and looking at everything that they have. So, you know, putting the insurances in place and, and making sure they're saving and investing. And so after 2008, um, when did things start to kind of pick back up? And then where did it go from there as far as your business trajectory? Yeah, I mean, 2009 was a great year, uh, really bounced back. And then uh, I was just building clients at that time and uh, just moving up, getting higher quality clients. You know, that's that's what in our business and it's probably pretty similar in yours, um, you know, just looking for better clients, better situations. Well, and, and Be it, more it, specific about what you want. So when you talk to people, you tell them exactly the type of people you work with. Yeah, you hit them on the head with how they can help you. Yeah. No, yeah. you just tell them about the people you work with. You know, one of the things is... Um, Oh, I just lost my train of thought. It was going to be so good, Mike. It was going to be so good. But I see we've got a couple of questions. So maybe we'll maybe we'll just um, let's see. Portfolio, Adam Town. Portfolio approach. I like present all that we have to offer. So, you know, so one of the things I wanted to mention now about the portfolio approach, which does make for an interesting question, right? So you're targeting small business owners. Uh, those businesses could be in completely different industries. So there's almost a portfolio approach there, right? Like one industry may be sucking wind, that business owner may not be doing as well. That may or may not affect your business. Another business owner may be in an industry that's crushing it and they may be doing, they may be crushing as well. And that too could affect your business. Um, you know, when we're, we're talking about targeting a niche, we're really talking about an industry as opposed to an individual type. And so when you're, um, so I'm just kind of curious, when you're um, uh, talking about these, uh, I'm trying to use the term properly, like when do you put a, like almost a, a profile in place of what is the ideal client? And can you share maybe some of those aspects aside from them being just a business owner? Yeah, it's uh, dealing with business owners with 30 employees or less. After that, they're usually in a growth phase where they're using larger corporations. So 30 employees or less that need help with their business side of the business uh, on the planning side, like the 401k and the group health. And so those are the ideals. And they have to have the right asset base to be a client, so. And you're obviously looking for people that um, somehow you're reading in theory that they're loyal in some way, they're interested in building a relationship as opposed to just looking at the best, lowest service fee or whatever. Right, yeah, I mean, you know, we have the ability to work with whoever we want. 
And there's so many people out there that, you know, I've referred people that actually do want to do business, but we, I can tell that there's a conflict. So I try to refer them to the best situation possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, um, I think it's relevant in our industry. You know, we're in a product, we're in a product industry where oftentimes people come to us and ask, what's your best price? What's your lowest price? Hey, I saw it here. Can you get it there? You know, it's such a commoditized industry, but with minimal barriers to entry, um, you got a pretty competitive industry yourself, right? And so positioning yourself as an expert in understanding small business owners and their needs because you work with the same type of person is a differentiator, I'm guessing, right? You become known as the guy that specializes in working with small business owners. And so um, I think that um, it doesn't surprise me, you know, why you're crushing it. And um, so maybe I thought, thought we could shift the conversation real quickly to kind of the personal side, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about, you know, um, you know, business going well, and then you got thrown a little bit of a curveball or not so little bit. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that and your mindset kind of behind that. Well, before, before we do that, I do want to mention on the business side to differ, differentiate myself. I feel like it's just listening to them. You know, I, I know an old business coach used to put, he said he put it on his car driving to when he went to drive to appointments this is a long time ago it's not about you which i thought was pretty clever clever mm-hmm. and another business coach had a book of um curious george which i thought was pretty corny but it was in his office he had a book of curious george so reminding himself always to be curious so when you meet with people yeah. you ask about them you know, what's important to them. And that's actually the first, I took Northwestern Mutual's fact finder that it's, you know, they did a lot, a lot of studies on it and they put in open-ended phrases throughout the fact finder. And the first question at the, at the top is, is there something in particular you'd like to talk about? Which is an incredible question because it just opens up to them and, hmm. and you find out what they're thinking in their head. Mm-hmm. Even to take that one step back from there, I learned this from a business coach. He says, this is the transition question when you have your small talk and then you go into the fact finder. He says uh, that the language is, I'm sure you've had uh, interactions with people in my industry before. Please, you know, let me know. Uh, tell me about those interactions and uh, what do you feel about financial planning? So they tell you exactly who they think you are. Because when you say, I'm sure you know people in my industry. Love that. So they either think you're a stockbroker and they start talking about that or they talk about, I mean, it's either insurance or banker. So when you say, I'm sure you've had uh, experiences with people in my industry before, please tell me about those experiences and your overall feelings about financial planning in your case you would say about merchandise great question you you find out exactly who they think you are it's a chance for you to get a 
to get a read on them and understand how to respond to position yourself appropriately. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Great question. That's gold. Gold. That's a nugget. That's perfect. (laughs) Dude, you're, this is perfect. Uh, So I'm curious on the listening side of things, since you brought it up, does that come naturally to you or did you have to work on that? No, I mean, that's so hard. You think about it. It's, it's very hard to be a good listener. I Which mean, I, I always try to, you're, uh-huh. you're interrupting I'm me. I'm kidding. You're not listening. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Incredible. Please yeah. Listen. Yeah. But I think some people, I mean, I, we've known each other a long time. You, you come off to me as uh, naturally curious, inquisitive and, and, and caring and, and listening, right. Versus, constantly talking about yourself your work your business your family and not asking any questions of me yeah so i think that you know it's no dis no it's no disrespect to people that are like the latter it's just about training and getting better at listening because it's such a critical part of what we do and the and the buyer feels that for sure the relationship feels that um so that's that is a that's a nugget okay so we've got a, about 20 minutes left. And, uh, you know, part of this discussion is kind of mental fortitude, toughness, and kind of getting thrown curveballs and kind of overcoming them. I know you can hit the curveball yeah. <laughs> from our baseball days. Um, tell us a little bit about um, what's, what's, what's been going on in your life over the past few years. All right. So in February of 2019, I felt a, a little knot on my backside. It's like an acorn. So I went and got checked out. I actually did the colonoscopy. I thought it might be some kind of polyp. I was 48 at the time. And they said, nope, looks good. All clear. And I was like, I feel some kind of knot. And uh, so we did some scans and it turned out to be prostate cancer. So it's in my pelvic. So it was stage four, which is pretty scary to hear about. What, what does that and mean? I don't know. That means it's outside your your organ and it's in your lymph nodes. Got it. So I got plugged into Johns Hopkins and uh, my aunt actually was a big donor in Baltimore. So I got plugged in real fast with these uh, world experts. And I actually took an uh, ex, um, experimental pill that they've been working on. So I just took that and that worked for a year and then it slowly stopped working. Uh, They test your blood every month just to see they can tell what kind of activity is going on. So after that, I got on the regular protocol and um, fall of 2020, I went through radiation. Uh, That was five weeks. And that's what I was telling you before that I, I reached out to a life coach. And so I got myself in tip top shape and he put together a lot of good fundamentals. He was big on drinking water. I don't know if you guys have ever talked about that, but he, he preaches drinking water like 50 ounces before noon and then 50 ounces in the afternoon is what he starts with. And he wants to get you up to like 120 ounces, 130 ounces. Wow. Standard, yeah. just everybody, or on this protocol? Basically, everybody. No, this wow. is everybody. This is his life coaching. Wow. And Tom, uh, Tom Brady talks a lot about that. 
Yeah, I'll tell you, 50 ounces before noon and then 50 ounces in the afternoon, it gives you so much energy. <laughs> of course, you're going to the bathroom a lot, but it curbs your appetite. That really cleans you out. <laughs> and uh, you have a lot of en extra energy. It's a really good thing that I added into my routine, which is great. Didn't uh, know that. But he was looking at, I was. I had to send him pictures to every meal I was eating. So it really helped me accountable. We, we met twice a week uh, through Zoom and talked about things, but I had to send him every lunch and dinner meal. I had to send him pictures. So he knew exactly what I was eating. Every picture or just the ones you chose? Every lunch and dinner. <laughs> wow. So, Talk about an accountability coach. That's an accountability buddy. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really good. But I want to mention that about the water because that was really gave me a lot of energy. I think that's a really good tweak. Mm-hmm. And so you met with the, this life coach and was it to get your, your mindset going as you knew you had a battle in front of you or just. What? Yeah. And I just wanted to actually, I was thinking on the exercise, I wanted to be in kind of peak shape before uh, that, that before I went through that. So I think that helped a lot, but uh, another thing he mentioned, I, I wrote down to, to remind me to tell you about is, you know, every Sunday night, he would set the schedule for the week. Um, so he sets the schedule for exercise. When you can exercise that week and you put it, you schedule it in your calendar. I thought that was, uh, even though you would think that's obvious, but that's just a very clever thing to do. Once a week, you set your schedule for your exercise because obviously you can't exercise every day because things come up. If it's the time that, that, you know, you have a function and you can't exercise. Yeah. So, and that's also really good, right? You're driving your schedule as opposed to reacting to it. Yeah. You know, one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur and running our own shops and being in sales is we can drive our schedule or we could react to everybody else. So driving the schedule is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But since I did have a process through all this, through the radiation, and I actually tore my Achilles during that time too. So that was fun. How'd you do that? I just jumped <laughs> off a fence and uh, it snapped. Oh, <laughs> So that was fun. So that was during COVID. Um, so I was on my back a lot, but um, you know, I had my best year ever in 2020. So um how, when you, you know, like, so you, you told us about your, your business structure. It's, it's you, right? You're, you generate your income, your revenue from your efforts, your processes, your, your tasks, these types of things. So when you get rocked with, you know, a health report, did, did it affect your, it, it must've affected your day-to-day, -day, your productivity? No? Um. I'm trying to think back. I'm sure I blocked out most of that, <laughs> but my assistant, you know, we meet every Monday, we have a call or we meet in person. I try to meet in person with her at least every other week. We go through every opportunity and we have action plans towards that. And we actually had another call this morning just to stay on page with a couple different opportunities. Um, so it's, it's just having that process of keeping that, and that's part of my CRM database where I have all opportunities. 
uh, categorized and there's five different phases, you know, uh, the approach, um, you know, the proposal, uh, client reviewing it, and then having a closing situation and then processing. So there all these different opportunities are going through these different phases at all, all times. So I usually have about 20 opportunities going at all times in, in those different categories. Um, so it's just keeping that funnel, just looking at that funnel and keeping that funnel at a certain level. But you also have a system and a, uh, and a, a team in place to semi-automate that process. And so when you've got the flexibility, if you need to obviously deal with your, your personal health. Yeah. But really what I'm curious about is, you know, like, I mean, obviously, you know, that, that type, getting that type of news can really rock someone's confidence or, yeah. right. Um, what, what, what did, I mean, you're, you're crushing it. You're, you're, you know, I mean, I just, are, um, you know, faith is a big thing and you figure out that you're not in charge and you really, I mean, <laughs> I grew up, you know, pretty religious, just going once a week. Um, but you really figure out that you're not calling the shots and, uh, you know, that gives me a lot of comfort to know, to really know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how does that, so it, does it, does it, I just want to dig into that just a second. So does it take the pressure off somehow? Yeah. yeah. It's really strange. Big time. How? <laughs> Hard to explain. You just, uh, you know, that you're not in charge and, uh, you know, you just keep doing what you keep doing. You keep the process going. I think it's a matter of focusing on what I hear you say is, you know, it's a matter of focusing on or being aware of what you can control and focusing on those things. Exactly. You know, kind of giving, giving up what you can't control and not expend energy on those things, mental energy or other. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember someone saying this a while ago, being uh, comfortable, being uncomfortable in the business, being a small, a small business owner, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but you're never, ever comfortable with being uncomfortable. You just got to deal with it. But again, right. you go back to the activity processes. I feel really good now. My funnel's at a level where I want it to be. And that's really key for me. When I see the opportunities list um, and the amount, you know, I know that a third's going to come out every month. That's just the way. And it works. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I love that um, you're, I mean, you're clearly a business junkie. You're a numbers guy. You're looking at a process. You see your pipeline. You know, it just becomes a numbers game. And the idea of filling your your the top of the funnel and just kind of watching it, you know, the ten five three one or whatever the numbers are that you're now looking at to assess your current situation and future situation is comforting as, in sales, you know. And the same applies for our industry. 
And if, if you've got consistency of effort and you're, you're in a strategy for targeting the right type of a buyer, it's just about filling your pipeline with those numbers. And then eventually the sales will hit. So, you know, I would tell, you know, those of you out there that are listening, you know, if you, if you're, if your business is, is down, right. Um, fill your funnel, go set up your process, head up a strategy. And, as you, and if you start to fill up your pipeline, inevitably your sales are going to hit inevitably. And so sometimes it's just taking the baby steps forward, if you will, instead of just saying, Oh my God, I got to make this sale to kind of, you know, make my income or whatever, just to take those little steps forward to build momentum and build processes to fill your, your pipeline. And then you're off to the races. Um, In our industry, it's called golden eggs. You can't, you can't look at, look at those golden eggs. Golden eggs. Process. Yeah. You know, you see that, that person that's worth a ton of money and you and you know him and you think, Oh, that's it. He's my, that's it. Yeah. You just got to put him in the funnel. So just, you gotta, you gotta take that. Look at that. Some more business coming in. The number five, it's number five on the list. We got it. We're, we're number six. We got to go. Uh, we actually are going to, we're going to have about 10 minutes left. Um, I, we want to just say, if I want to post, if anyone, who's listening has questions you want to post uh, any questions for greg we should probably should have mentioned that at the beginning obviously some people are posting but he is available and we're available to answer any questions uh, that you have before we wrap up um and while uh, we're posting that do we want to just talk mike a little bit about kind of what's coming up with our small group coaching and see sure I'll, yeah i'll put the poll up and i know we've got uh, a unique uh, event coming up on the uh, on tw- April 25th. So we've got a, a special information session, a, a group info session. It's the first time we've done this. And I know you'll, you're going to talk about that. I'll, I'll put the poll up. So basically, Josh will describe what's coming up on the 25th. Uh, it's, it's a really special uh, meeting event. And if you're interested in, in that, then you can uh, choose yes on the, the poll I just put up and we'll make sure we get an invitation out to you. Or Josh, it looks like Josh put the, uh, the invitation link in, uh, in the chat. Yeah. So basically on Monday, the 25th, we're going to be running a live coaching and information session uh, to kind of share some of our best sales practices that we are teaching others in our industry and talk a little bit about our small group coaching program, which is comprised of two key things. One is the community of fellow distributors and reps that are participating in the program. Uh, We've got over 50 uh, distributors that are sharing best sales practices, helping one another grow their businesses. And then the second piece is we set up uh, accountability groups, uh, small groups of five to seven distributors in non-competitive areas and help you help yourself with uh, putting together a sales and action plan like Greg has, has done for his business and uh, hold you accountable to help you grow your business, grow your sales, have more fun and get her done. So if you're interested in joining us, uh, you do need to register for the event. It's on the 25th from 12 to 1 Eastern. And the link is on the chat, which is uh, go.theswagcoach.com forward slash exclusive dash invite. If you're going back and listening to this uh, podcast, which is on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or swagcoach.com forward slash replays. Mike, you like how I buried wow, that all in there? That was impressive. <laughs> yeah. Nice work. Podcasts, by the way, are great. This sounds, yeah. I, I enjoy following up, listening to those, pulling more nuggets out. Thanks, partner. 
Well, we've got about a couple minutes left here. Um, any specific uh, questions uh, that we see here that we want Eugene to Marsh sure? asked if we're going to put the two questions that you got from uh, your professional training days, put those in the chat. And I, I, I paraphrase one, basically, I'm sure you know people in my industry who do what I do, you know, tell me what you know about their work and what you think about them or professionalized. But what, what was the other? Do you remember what the other question? There's two questions we talked about. Uh you ask me? Uh, yes, Greg. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, is there something in particular you'd like to discuss today? Oh, uh, that was it. Yeah, okay. That's the start of the fact finder. And that's at the beginning of the meeting, right? Yeah, right after that, you transition, that transition phrase about experiencing someone in my industry. There you go. All right, Eugene, you got your questions. So yeah, those those are good. After the chit chat, the the hugs and baby kissing in the works, right? Yeah, you say yeah. you ask about if they've had any experience with people in my industry, and please share those experiences, and uh, you know maybe tell your your philosophies on your experiences with financial planning. Yeah, awesome. Um, okay, cool. Uh, Mike, any more questions for Greg before we kind of wrap up a little bit? No, that's it. Okay. Yeah, Chainbridgefn.com is my actually, website. Oh, you know, Mike, sorry. Uh, so we do have one question. What was that, Greg? Your your website? Saying, my website's Chainbridgefn.com. Okay. All right. I, I just put up a bunch of videos based on different scenarios. Okay. Yeah. They'll check that. that. Okay. Uh, and Mike... Petrocelli has uh, one more question. He says, do you have any recommendations for approaching business owners for you know, our industry as far as what factors may resonate with them? Like, uh, so uh, ROI or what types of things they might want to see that apply to their businesses? I guess the question is, how do you, yeah, how do you open up the conversation beyond, you know, is there something you like to discuss today? But like, I guess in, in your business, what are some of the things that you are uh, – saying that approach, I guess, maybe to surface some of their needs, right? Uh, some questions to kind of surface those needs to give you something to basically sell to. Yeah, what I find is uh, I give them a, some examples. If, if, if it's very, the conversation is kind of quiet, you talk about a current situation that you've just had with a client. So saying, you know, I just dealt with this client, you know, we, they needed help doing uh, setting their 401k up. They hadn't had someone look at it in years. So it was pretty interesting. And we did this and this for them, you know, throwing out a couple examples just to spark some interest and say, you know, have you done something like that? Or, you know, what's your experience with that? So just throwing out open-ended questions about their experiences because you okay. don't really know, you think, you know, but you don't. Okay. So yeah, good use of open-ended questions to get them talking uh, in, a, in a guided direction. So, okay. Yeah, and that's, that's something to, good to do when you're networking. You give examples of different scenarios that you've done and just say, does that, you know, have you had experience with that? Or, you know, that's something, a good way to, instead of doing the elevator speech, you just give them examples of what you do. Love it. Uh, have, you, have you ever read the book, uh, Question Based, The Secrets of Question-Based Selling? No, Mike, Mr. Fanboy. I'm a, I'm a fanboy. 
Yeah. Another, uh, if we're looking for book recommendations, if you're for a sales book, it's actually the only sales book. Uh, it's the best selling sales book in history. It's, it's outsold itself 22 years in a row. So each year for 22 years, it sold more than the previous year, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Who, who's by, that author? Thomas Freeze. We've had him on this show. It was, uh, uh, yeah, The Secrets of Question-Based Selling. Phenomenal. Perfect for, for this industry, too. It's exactly what you're describing. Uh, it's, it's methods and techniques for, you know, using questions to uh, help guide clients and to uh, surface what issues and challenges are and basically to make yourself, you know, present yourself professionally. So we, we do have a, a, a question from Jeff, and I think from all of us, from Josh and, and me and everyone's, but how is your health now? And, you know, is your cancer in remission or how are you doing? Yeah, it's actually, it's, uh, we went about a year and a half without doing anything. My numbers are real low, which is great. Uh, there's actually a spot on my hip that they just radiated. So it was good for us to take initiative to get a scan done. And uh, they said it's my prostate, you know, my prostate is in remission, but I had this one spot on my hip that they just hit with radiation last month. So you're about to get out and back on the golf course together with me? Yes. Feeling good? (laughs) Not today. We got to work today. You've got you've got five other things you've got to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Greg, Greggy, can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us today and sharing your story and really sharing, you know, your experience, you know, as uh, and all you've learned. I love the idea that um, you didn't try to figure it all out on your own. Right. You're not only professionally trained, but then you took on a mentor then you, as well as a life coach. And I think that that's such an important lesson. You know, it's, it's tough enough out there as entrepreneurs, um, you know, be able to find a coach, find a mentor, find people, colleagues, friends that can, can be a support network to us. And, you know, I can tell you as a friend, I'm really inspired by you and uh, amazed at the, what you've done with your business and, and, you know, how you're handling your life and stuff. So thank you for taking the time. Amen, brother. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Mike. Great job today. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to join us on Distributors Helping Distributors. We will see you next on our show on May 2nd, first week of May. Take care, everybody. Stay healthy. Crush your sales. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Greg. Greg. Thanks, Mike. Bye, everybody. See ya.